What's up, everybody? Alex here, host of Jiu-Jitsu Radio. My co-host, Sean, couldn't be with us this week because he's up in Orlando for the IBJJF Pants. He's got to coach his guys. My team's up there as well. So good luck to Team Excel and to Team Temple and to all the teams that are competing. I hope you guys have a blast. Stay safe. I hope my people come back with a gold. But, you know, if you're people that aren't in our bracket, come back with a gold. Awesome to you guys, too. So good luck to everybody. Like I said, stay safe, have some fun, and leave it all on the mats, man. It's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be watching and supporting everybody and anxious to see some awesome jujitsu. Before we get the party started, as always, want to give a big shout-out to our sponsors, Giraffe Choke, Choke Aloha, and Jiu-Jitsu Soap Co. If you guys want to pick up some of the dopest gear and get hooked up with that homie hookup, check out the description in the video below, or you can check out the podcast description if you're listening to us listening to us on spotify itunes amazon yeah that's right we're on amazon music now so appreciate the support make sure you hit the subscribe button right or hit the notification bell if you're watching on youtube you know share it hit the share button support us it does actually help out a lot more than uh, a lot of people know the more you share the podcast, the more we get out there, and uh, obviously it helps us grow even more. And listen, we don't make any money. We do this for the love of it. We're never trying to really sell you anything. Um, it's just all for the love of the sport, man. So all the support you can give us, we appreciate it. Also, big shout-out to everyone that was following us and checked out the behind-the-scenes at the photo shoot this past weekend that uh, I did with uh, Linton Vassell from Bellator, uh, the number one contender for the Bellator heavyweight division. Um, if you missed out, listen, that's on you. Make sure you follow uh, Jiu-Jitsu Radio on Instagram. You can follow me, at Sonder Marketing. You can follow Sean, at Gorilla Boy BJJ all on Instagram. We're always posting up fun stuff. We got a lot more awesome content coming up in the weeks to come. Obviously, the goal this uh, this past few weeks has been pans. So make sure you follow us now if you're ready to have some fun. A good friend of mine finally decided to come back to the podcast. He is a friend slash mentor slash uh, call me out on my shit. Uh, guy, um, great friend of mine. I've learned so much from him. Former ADCC head ref, jujitsu black belt, all around bad mofo, Carlos Diaz. What's up, everybody? Listen. The homeboy Sean's not here, but today I got a good friend of mine back once again on the pack podcast. I can't even speak English today. My good brother, the ADCC ref himself, Carlos Diaz. Carlos, what's happening, brother? It's been a while. What's happening, guys? Good to be Cheers. back, man. It's it's awesome. Cheers. And, uh, man, listen, it's, uh, it's great to be back on the podcast. Let me ask you real quick. What is up with that paddle in the background? Oh, um, that's actually an award that some friends gave to me. Um, actually, one of the guy that made it, it is uh, is a military award from uh, you know my unit and time in service and the whole shebang. That's awesome. But uh, do you know uh, Grandino Cole? Uh huh. He actually made it. You know, he got a, uh, I'm going to have to hang this up later. <laughs> I messed <laughs> uh, it up. <laughs> it's all good, man. But um, 
but uh, he he's very skilled and real handy like that. And you know, a couple of group of friends uh, got together and got a little plaque and a little stuff written into it, and uh, it was really cool. That's uh, that's awesome. I thought it was like you know the because we. We have Hispanic heritage here, so Listen, that's that's usually that's something else that that's hanging on the seen, wall. He has seen its fair share of disciplinary action as well. So yes, it's you know what's funny is multi-purpose tool that everybody's got something different. Like for me, my parents are Argentinian, so yeah. I obviously they're all about horses. So in my house, it was Ooh. there's a. <laughs> Like when they train wild horses, you don't just get like a little like bullwhip. No, they have a club that's about like two inches thick of raw leather, hard leather, like around a piece of wood and then the belt itself. So that's like two inches like wide and about like a foot and a half long. And that's what they use to train the horses. That's what was hanging in my parents' house. So when I see that, I'm like, oh, someone's dishing out ass whoopings for sure out there. I got some stuff that I'll show you later here as a. You know, I've never, I never used them as disciplinary tools, but they're for sure intimidating. So wait, so what's the the paddle supposed to symbolize for our um, us so non-initiated? I was in the, I was, uh, I was in the United States Marine Corps in a special operations unit, uh, amphibious reconnaissance and air naval liaison gunfire company. And um, you know, one of the things that you know Marines are known for is kind of one of the tools of the trade is, you know. At the part of being amphibious, you have to be comfortable in, in the water as well. So, you know, it's kind of like one of those things. Usually for special operation guys, instead of a plaque, you get a paddle. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So uh, so you've had the, your fair share in ice cold water? Oh, man, I tell you what. You know, if you want me to tell you how cold the North Sea is mm. in the middle of November, it's cold, man. So... It's funny that like, you bring it up because, uh, you know, Batman, Omega, uh, Denzel, he like yeah. trained over at Jocko. So I, I said the same joke to him uh, today. I didn't tell him the story. So when I was on uh, one of the music tours, like, I mean, I'm a big fan of the Marines. I never signed up. I was about to enlist. And then it was like I realized I wasn't really going to get to go anywhere because I was like obviously immigrant and I still wasn't a full on resident at the time. So. But I love the Marines. So I bought a USMC like Marine Corps shirt like rock. And I was like, but I always felt guilty wearing it. I was like, man, I feel like this is like a form of stolen valor. Like someone's going to call me out on this shit for sure. I'm like, but it can't be. I'm just I'm just showing respect. Yeah. Whatever. Still had the shirt. Love the shirt. So yeah. one of the stops on the tour was Annapolis. OK, in Virginia. Yeah. Uh huh. Which is naval. Yeah. It's all Navy. I had no clue so oh, yeah. <laughs> so i'm walking. how many fights did you get into no listen it, <laughs> it gets way better this is to show you like i will fully take responsibility for my ignorance and my stupidity but i'm a wanderer so anytime i travel like i gotta just go around see what's going on so i'm mind you nobody has told me this that this is navy country all right no one's told me any of this so I'm just, dip it in, just walking around nice, like down Main Street. And then I see this hotel and I see all this stuff's going on. There's a naval wedding going on. And I just I just walked into the hotel because it was a nice hotel. So I walk in. Everybody is in full uniform. I'm like, that's cool. Still totally <laughs> oblivious. Still totally oblivious that this is like all Navy. Awesome. Like, cool. 
cool. This is really nice. I'm like, I don't want to bother. Like, you know, not trying to crash. I'm just checking out. And then I walk away. And then as I walk down the street, this guy stops me. He's like, you got a lot of balls wearing that around here. And I, I had nothing to say. Like it was starting to click in. And I say, Hey, we're all fighting for the same cause here. <laughs> that's all I can say. But listen, can... you know, the one good saving grace is, you know, uh, even though we hate to admit it as Marines, the Marine Corps is part of the Department of the Navy. Yeah. So, you know, we're kind of like the little bastards that nobody really likes unless you really need them. Yeah. So <laughs> when shit needs good. to get handled, they know who to call. Yeah, you got to be a little thick skin if you're going to be wearing around a USMC shirt around a Navy area. So. Right. I mean, listen, like I would still do it for sure. I'm always going to represent like the 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 armed forces in one way or another. I'm just a fan of the Marines, but I definitely learned my lesson. I, I haven't worn that shirt since as much as I want to. I'm like, man, it's such a dope ass shirt. It's a dope logo. I'm like, <laughs> I can't wear it, though. Like, come on, man. Just give me. But. It's one of those memories that, you know, it's like you always see the meme, like where you wake up at three o'clock in the morning and you remember that one embarrassing moment in your life. Yeah, that's yeah. definitely one of them. <laughs> Why couldn't I come up with something cooler to say to at least offend myself? Listen, you got out of trouble. Right. Okay. And listen, I I ended up loving it there. Like the the bars, everybody was super cool, was super nice. We went out drinking. There's a whole other stories that I have for that night alone. But yeah, no, listen, it was oh, a blast. Annapolis is cool, man. It's a really cool town. Full of some history. good food, man. There's some good food there. Um, first time I ever walked in, which, listen, maybe they lose their main card a little bit, but they had a uh, a tea house. Never knew that was a thing. Yeah. So, you know, whatever. Still good. Check, check um, your main card in the gate. Listen, whatever, <laughs> man. I lost it when I didn't even realize I was in, like, in Navy country wearing a Marine shirt. Oh, so I'm... Okay. I'm I'm gonna be that self snitch. So what have you been up to, man? It's been a while. I saw you got the the tournament you're working on. Like, what's going on with that? Yes. Yeah, so um, I'm part of a of a company called B2 Digital. Letter B as in boy, number two, digital, and they're a conglomerate. And uh, what they they have been doing for some time now, they own about six, seven different mixed martial arts shows all over the Midwest. Uh, they have events in Kentucky, Ohio, Kansas, Indiana, Michigan, uh, Illinois. And um, they they wanted to start a, a grappling event, you know, a grappling tournament. And they wanted to do it right. And I've been in talks with them for a long time. I know a couple of the principals, guys, at, for many, many years. Actually, one of them has worked with me in the past in some of the, uh, the ADCC events. Uh, in Trenton, Los Angeles. And uh, they reached out to me and told me, hey, man, would you like to be a part of this? And, you know, the, you know, you, we can create this. And it would literally be from the beginning. This is going to be our second event on November 14th over here at the Florida uh, Mall Convention Center, which is a really, really cool venue, very unique. Um, but uh, it's going to be our second event. We had our first event in Hammond, Indiana. Uh, about two, three weeks ago, and it was pretty good. We had a really good turnout, believe it or not. Um, and we're really excited about having this event in Florida, which is one of the hotbeds of uh, jiu-jitsu. So you know what I'm going to ask you next? Shoot. What's the rule set? Man, this is what's really cool about it. And I don't know if you done your research. You usually do good research, but it's super simple. That's was, That was one of the things – 
that uh, we gave a lot of thought to. We didn't want it to be a confusing rule set. Oh, did, did that person go to half guard or did he get pulled into half guard? And was that a valid submission or not? No, man, it's simple. Takedowns, two points, guard pass, three, knee on the stomach, two, front mount, back mount, four points. That's it. No advantages, nothing in the, in the gray area. Yes, there's got to be some control on the certain positions. And there's a couple of different um, things when it comes to, you know, obviously the different colors of belts and scales, but also we do gi and no gi. So the no gi, we kind of break it down on time and experience because you can have a division two, division one wrestler come in and try to enter the novice division. It yeah. shouldn't be. Uh, so there are some differences, for example, uh, pretty much all leg attacks are allowed on the expert and advanced okay. divisions, mm-hmm. uh, you know, so again, but they're very simple. Super so simple. advanced, what do you, what do you level advanced at? Like purple and five up? years and above five years and above. Okay. Absolutely. That's cool. So every leg, like every leg attack is legal. Yep. Man. Well, I think that's animals like Sean and I like would definitely be down with like to go against like the bigger animals that have been doing that forever. But I think a lot of people get scared on those rule sets and that's, Listen, that's even better. This is, this is the thing. And this is very simple. In my opinion, very simple to understand. Mm. If you have been training for at least five years. You should know. You should know to tap. Okay. So you said no advantages. Nope. So and you either not, get it or you don't. Right. So now what do you do on a tie? It's just a draw. What are you going to do? So uh, if, if there is a tie, they will be an immediate overtime. So the match ends zero, zero. We will start. And let's say, and this is hypothetically that the match is six minutes long. So we're going to have a three minute full three minutes. There's no sudden death. It's a full three minutes. If that overtime finishes 0-0 again, then the referee will choose on aggression and intent of finish. Nice. I like that. What about stalling? There's stalling. There's, uh, you know, the, the referee will determine, you know, the, the time of stalling, if, you know, which person is active because guess what? You can be a bottom player uh, while the top player is trying to pass and trying to get some action going. And you could be the bottom player stalling or vice versa. So that's going to be the referee's discretion. You get two warnings. And then after that, there's also point deductions. So two warnings, and then you start deducting points from the staller. Correct. And then, of course, depending on the division, uh, there's obviously certain forbidden moves, and you could be disqualified from the match. That's awesome. I love that. That was That's always been my biggest like pet peeve, like – I learned my lesson about going up against like stallers and, and, you know, obviously I've done my fair share of stalling too at certain occasions, but that's, listen, I'm just playing with the rule sets that, that were right. given to me, you know, so I'm just going to leave it at that. But I've always tried to sit there and figure out the, the way to get out of it. So for you to, to cut that off, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. No. And, and you see it a lot sometimes in, in some events, even though the rules are set, to be to look for the submission, um, you know, you'll have guys that just try to run the clock 
Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm just going to win it on the Two overtime. points, and then I got to stall out for another four minutes. Or, or zero, zero. They know they still only have a minute left. They're going to try to run the clock and try to win on the overtime. Oh, get the advantage. All I need is the advantage, and I'm good. Well, guess what? There's no advantages. That's awesome, though. I love that. I think that's that's becoming more and more of the, the, the trend, it seems. And the other one that's coming up more, and I think, um, correct me if I'm wrong, uh, Third Coast Grappling uh, is the one that started it, but they started introducing the, uh, the yellow card and the red card. Yeah. Like, what do you think about that? I mean, not obviously not for your tournament, but I'm saying in general. No, no, yeah, yeah. The- I, I, it's not a bad idea. I think, I think, um, from an official standpoint, from officiating the event, th- there's again for the rules that I've read, I've never sat in, in one of the rules meet on an official rules meeting, so I don't know all the exact details. But the rules that I've read, I'm the people that I've spoken to. There's a little bit of openness to interpretation. Mm-hmm. And that's what I don't like. Right. I like things to be black and white. Yeah. As, especially when it comes to jujitsu on our sport, the less gray area we have, the better. Well, that's why, like, you even see, like, IBJJF has started to do, like, the, the little video clips trying to explain to people, like, why they get certain points in certain positions. And even well, no, then. No, no. I, I think those videos are fun. And, you know, you and I, we worked in the past a little bit trying to put some stuff similar to that together. Um, you know, but and I have uh, that video still, by the way. Awesome. But uh, but yeah, I, I love the video clips. That's something that, you know, with B2 Digital and B2 Grappling Series, we're going to do. We're going to do the videos of, you know, this is what this points will call for. And this is good and this is not good. And just to clarify things, especially nowadays, you know, we have the technology to do it. Why not use it? Yeah, definitely do it, especially like introducing the tournament down here to everybody so what's uh, been the the response so far uh, we, we have a lot of interest we just signed up our officially our first uh feature match which is going to be professor renato tavares versus professor jim white from soul fighters in tallahassee nice so these are two old school guys that always go for the kill you know that's what i love it you know they're they're old school so you're not going to see a lot of uh you know, you probably won't see a lot of beating bolos on, on this particular match. Listen, but I don't take, I don't get surprised by anything that like Professor Tavares does. So I wouldn't and, be surprised. And, and listen, and I don't know, if you, you know, if you know Jim White, you know, you Dylan White, his father, he's just like Professor Tavares, man. Those guys go for the jugular right yeah. off the rim. So it's going to be a fun match for sure. And we got some other, some other, some other, matches that are in the works of getting come on details come on give me give me give me hints come on um sprinkle sprinkle a little bit that sauce i'm working to bring a guy from texas versus a guy from florida i'll leave you i'll leave it at that see that's all you gotta say that's all you gotta give me just get just give a brother a little help here that's good so what do you um what's the plans as far as like the 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 brackets and stuff like that are you going to do like absolute are you going to do like awards like money prize like what's the setup well, we have we have um you know we have some compensation for the feature matches uh but we have those very limited you know it is an open tournament so yeah there's medals there's awards um right now until we get the general public acclimatized to the rules acclimatized to the event and grow a little bit of the following and the base then we will begin with the 
absolute divisions. We, I personally love absolute divisions uh, because you see always up and coming superstars in absolute divisions. Yeah, we are not doing it this time, uh, but we will. That's something that has been discussed, you know, with the principals of the company, and uh, you know, we're, we're really excited to do it. And listen, we're a public traded company, so B two Digital, it's uh, it's a public traded company. That's and that's a hint of uh, stocks and bonds, my friend. Stocks facts, and bonds. Facts, and that's something that everybody can be a part of. And the more of us are a part of it. Obviously, the more it grows for everybody. Right. No, that's awesome. I'm going to have to, to look that up now then. So, I mean, it makes sense too. I mean, I, I would, you know, if I were in your shoes, I would have done the, made the same decision, especially like on that first tournament here in South Florida. Like you don't want to sit there and, and try and throw a big absolute just yet. You got to give people a reason to come back for more and get excited Absolutely. for the match. Yeah. And, and this is the other reason why. Um, you know, we have a couple of sponsorship programs in the works and, you know, whenever we finalize those, I want to be able to give something substantial to the guys competing on the absolute division. So can we get a giant like jujitsu radio logo on the mat? How much, how much is that going to cost the brother? We'll get off the air and we'll talk about that. <laughs> All right. I'm cool with that. I'll throw it up on there. I'm that, I mean, I'm going to be up there regardless one way or another. I'll be up there. So it'll be, it'll, it'll you, be good. Yeah. So. November 14th. What's that, Saturday or Sunday? That is a Saturday. And we're doing weigh-ins Friday and Saturday. So, okay, but you're not going to have to weigh in twice. Nope. Okay. So if you are smart and you're you one of those Friday. guys that's starting a little bit away, come Friday, you have a Saturday. If you it's don't always blown my time, mind how many guys don't take advantage of that. Listen, some people, some people like doing it, you know, especially here in Florida, we got a lot of MMA fighters, a lot of guys that, you know, might be three to five pounds off the weight class and they'll be willing to cut down a little bit of weight. I'm all for that. It's part of the game. Listen, like I can easily get back 15 pounds. So I could go from, yeah, I could definitely go from 220 down to 200. Especially during quarantine. Well, no, that, that is usually the other way. <laughs> no, for sure. But, I mean, it makes more sense, like, to sit there and do that. Like, why wouldn't they do that? It was just oh, – whatever. Listen, man, easy win. I'll just yeah. – But then again, if you go to a lighter way, you're going to be there with faster guys, usually a little bit more technical, you know, a little bit more flexible. So there's – there's No, there's give and take for sure. For oh. sure there's give and take. But, I mean, listen – there's a reason why they called Shaquille O'Neal the, you know, the the big wall. <laughs> the you big know, wall. You're coming into the big wall here. Actually, yeah. it's funny. I actually did better staying up at the heavy weight. I stopped cutting down weight. I'm I'm staying at the big boy weight. I'm not cutting. When I'm at an age that I really don't care for weight, so whatever. Yeah. I like. So are you gonna compete? Are you gonna you gonna be doing? No, an man, no, no, no. I I don't. I'm Come I'm on. a believer. When you're working, you're working. I can't. Yeah, I, but an exhibition match. to work match. and play at the same time. Listen, I'll cover you off the table. You go yeah, and get right? your – like, I'll sit here. I'll ref. You compete. Go for yeah, it. Right. Awesome. So who are you going to get refing? Do you have, like, uh, people in mind already? Yeah, we got a couple of guys. We Obviously, we're gonna have, we have a couple of uh, local guys that are going to be refing, and uh, we're also going to be bringing some guys that are permanent fixtures in our staff. Uh, you know, this guy's – again, the, some of the guys have worked already – uh, at our first event in Hammond, Indiana, these guys that they know what they're doing. And you know me, that's refing. I take that yeah. to heart. So, you know, it is the most unappreciated, uh, but perhaps one of the most stressful jobs during an event. So 
I make sure that those guys know what they're doing. So for those that are new to the podcast and haven't listened to the, to the episodes that we've had Carlos on, he was the former head ref for ADCC and he's my go-to for any time where I'm like, this was a bullshit call, right? So I'll <laughs> literally text Carlos. May I say randomly, like, I think I cut off at like 10. I try not to bother you after 10 o'clock at night, but it'd be like, come on, four points, right? Take down. <laughs> was this a slam? This was a slam. Like, nope, that was legit. Like, man, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. There's, there's times where after like you give me the answer, I'm like, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Like that's, I don't believe you. Yeah. So what's the, um, cause I'm curious, obviously, you know, you, you and I have always had like a, a big passion on, on improving the game and the, especially for, for tournaments and things like that. So for something like this, when you have that full control, what's your first approach when you're going after like the, the referee aspect of everything? There's, there's three things that are very important to me. One, the willingness to learn and understand the rule set. Um, you know, one of the things that when I've reached a couple of the local guys, for example, oh, is it going to be IBJJF rules? No, it's not IBJJF. They got their thing. You know, the pans will be this weekend. That's their rule set. Fantastic. Whatever. But no, it's not. Oh, is it going to be ADCC? Because everybody knows me. A lot of people from ADCC. No, this is not ADCC. This is a very simple rule set. So again, it's the adaptability to be able to understand the rules, which are very simple. Uh, number two, being impartial. I don't care who you train with. That's irrelevant to me, but I want you to ref the match, not the fighters, not the competitors. Um, you know, a, a lot of times it's hard, you know, and, you know, and that goes along with the character and the individual. One of the things somebody else asked me this question yesterday, as a matter of fact, you know, if there's someone competing that I have whatever affiliation or, or relationship with, I will recluse myself from that match. Uh, yeah, and I've seen you do that. Yeah, I've seen you do no. it like plenty of times. And, and I'll give you an example. I'll use a perfect example. Wagner Hoka. I know Wagner since he was probably 14, 15 years old. And we used to train together when we both started jiu-jitsu. Uh, and I consider him a friend. So if at any event, Wagner happens to compete on my mat, and he has happened in the past, I'll go to the table. It happened in ADCC. Uh, West Coast trials in 2017, 2015, uh, right before the, the Finland uh, ADCC Worlds. Mm. And there were two times that I excused myself and I said, let me get another ref. Hold on for a second. I'll be right back and got another ref. So that's really important to me. And uh, also experience. Um Experience is important because there is a lot of intricate details in our sport. And if you don't know what you're looking at, it's going to be very difficult to be able to understand and determine this is points. This is not points. And, you know, this is a legitimate move and that move is going to take from this point on another. Um, and you need that experience is also needed for the safety of the athletes, which is yeah. really important. You know, if you, if it are inexperienced ref, 
maybe looking, uh, and I'll use the most simple example that I can think of. If somebody is attacking the right arm Kimura, you know, and you're just paying attention to that arm, you may be missing where the person is tapping with the left. Yeah. So, and that's, that's as simple as I can put it. I mean, even like, that's you, really important, especially if you get in a, in a weird transition, like maybe they were like escaping the omoplata, they went to, you know, into side control, they might not be looking at the fact that the arm is trapped in a bicep slicer. They're still looking right, over right. the opposite, like opposite grip and stuff. Right. 100%. Correct. So have you ever, I mean, this is just me being curious now. Have you ever had like a situation where a, to you, it looked like one of you, like your refs for like other tournaments or whatever in the past or guys you've seen, like that was a favoritism call. Like you ever like had that for like something? I'm just curious. Have I seen it before? Yes. Well, I mean, like with like events that you've worked at where you had to be like, uh-uh, hold on, hold on, you. No, that's not the call we're making. N not favoritism, but mistakes, yes. Yeah. Favoritism, not really. Yeah, the mistakes thing is, is kind of like a, a big one. That yeah. one can get like super tough. And I think it's – some people are changing the rule set and it's actually making it worse. Like more, it's creating more mistakes when it should be the other way around, making it so it's less mistakes. And, and, you know, one of the things that I've been focusing with the B2 grappling series is that we want to be able to provide an experience for everyone involved. Um, and I take this from my personal journey in the sport is I've been a fan I am a fan as a spectator. I've been in the athlete's point of view. I've been in the referee's point of view. I've been in the table worker's point of view, the promoter's point of view. And I want to make it an enjoyable experience for everybody. Am I going to achieve that goal? I hope so. That's my goal. That's what I would like to happen. I want everybody to have a good time at fair matches, uh, fair officiating throughout your matches and and have fun and for a very reasonable price too so everybody like wins so are you going to do any kind of like ref certification like the the day before kind of thing or no no but i am going to do an in-depth rules right before the event um you know so we have we will start with the kids at 9 30 in the morning so i'm going to do a rules at 9 a.m and then we're going to take a quick brief intermission. We'll do the feature matches in between, and then we'll start with the adults at 12, and I'll do another rules meeting just for the adults. Yeah, that'd be good. Did you actually – did you watch the um, the King of Combat tournament we did? Uh, I watched bits and pieces, yes. Because, like, if you would have been there for the beginning, oh, there was a couple of situations where – we had to kind of reel everybody in and be like, no, this is this. Like, yeah, there was a couple of good situations. But, but you guys' event was a submission only, right? Yeah, but then we also had the combat jujitsu like portions of it. And oh, then, that, yeah. see those man, those that part I didn't get to see. Yeah, no, oh man, you got to go back and watch it. I got to send you. There was, there was one guy. I forget. I want to say his name was Daniel. Um, and it was genius i don't know why i've never seen it before maybe i just didn't pay attention to it but it was so good his tech his technique obviously we know the rule of for combat jiu-jitsu it's got to be a down opponent right right so the rule set is 
if someone has three points of contact on the floor that count as a downed opponent, then you can strike. Either party can strike. It doesn't say who's the one that has to be on the three points of contact, right? So both feet and a knee down, that's three points of contact. Correct. So but here's the thing, though. And, and again, this is where the clarification has to be made. Who can strike the person? That's what down I'm saying. Or both individuals? Both. Okay. Both. So that was the, right. that was where the confusion was for a split second. So, again, apologize if I get the name wrong. But Daniel, so the two guys are facing off. Out of nowhere, he just drops to one knee and just whack, racks him in the face. Sean well, and I just the said, person down. Right, but they're both standing. So he literally just dropped down to oh, one knee. He just took a knee and swatted the guy right why, and got right back up. He played with the rules. Right. So that's a total like – that's why I like it because it's like a total Wagner Rocha like movie. He's like he studies the rules so well. But like when he when we saw it, Sean and I just had to like, oh. <laughs> like just jaw dropped and everybody froze. Like, no, you can't do that. Like, yes, you can. Like, And so it became a little like – and then he did it again, but – Hard, hard, hard slap. I'm gonna find it. I'll get you just the highlights, just of that. That'd be awesome. But then, like, no, listen, I, and I love it. And again, that's part of that's part of being a smart guy. And you know, a couple of athletes come to mind when when you talk about people that know how to play with the rules. First and foremost, the legendary guy that knows and study the rules, Jeff Monson. Yeah, you know, he played him. He played him to the T. To the T. You know, uh, another guy that's really good about playing once he learned the rules, Gordon Ryan. Yeah. You know, Gordon is really, really smart guy. And you can see how he played with the rules really well versus Buchecha at the ADCC finals. So speaking of which, it's funny that you bring that up. You saw what happened today, right? Between Gordon and Cyborg. Absolutely. So for those of you who haven't uh, been keeping up today, uh, granted, I guess the podcast will come out tomorrow. So you guys will have a chance to catch up. Cyborg called Gordon out saying that, listen, I'm work. We didn't call him out, but it's basically called him out respectfully saying well, ADCC it was a, is my it goal. Was a, it was a reaction to an action, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I could go with that. But basically, Cyborg stated that ADCC is his goal and he wants to prepare for ADCC and who better than to go up against an ADCC champion, Gordon Ryan. So he proposed an ADCC rule set uh, against Gordon, which we know Gordon loves the ADCC rule set. But he replied with, "We, I'm all down for it, but we need to make sure if we're doing an ADCC rule set that we have ADCC refs because it is very easy to get the ADCC rule set confused. Now, this has been a hot topic for you and I for a long, long time. Correct. So it's kind of like a multi-tiered, almost like question or investigation. So, again, for people that don't know, and obviously, Carlos, you're going to know better than I, but ADCC rules are almost – are vague – to a certain extent for a reason and they're not open to the public on the rule set like portion of like the actual explanation the day before the matches which kind of adds a little bit to the to the magic of the whole event so i'll let you loose and you tell me where i got it wrong and then we'll get into the why someone would do this you're 
you're right, but you're wrong at the same time. I get that a lot. This is, and this is and this is where you are right. Okay. I love hearing that part. <laughs> the, <laughs> the part that you are right is that they're they're not as open and out there mm. uh, as maybe some of the other rule sets in, in the sport. Where you're wrong is that they are out there. Right. They are explained thoroughly. And furthermore, if you all it takes is a very quick web search and the rule sets are in black and white in detail in a PDF file. Um, so with that being said, every ADCC official, every, every official ADCC event, uh, the trials and the world championships, the day before, there is a free referee seminar, which every attendee gets a certificate of completion. Okay. And that's usually given by Peter Batalski, who's the head ADCC judge. Um, I've given several of them along with Peter um, as his uke and, you know, assist them throughout them. Um, and they are very, very in-depth. They usually take about anywhere between an hour to two hours long. Yeah, how and, I miss that one, I don't know. I still um, take myself for it. Again, it, it's, it's always done before the trials or world championships. Mm. And, and again, we cover every possible aspect and technique. Now, the rules, that's, it takes that long because the rules are complex. They are, there are certain circumstances and scenarios that if you are not thoroughly familiar with the rule set, it could be easily misconstrued. It could be, well, that, no, that was not a takedown. Who initiated the takedown? Who ended up on top? Um, you know, was it within the margin of the mat? You know, did the referee say stop before they go out of the mat? Did the referee say stop at the point of exit of the mat? Um, you know, did the person maintain control for a count of three or more? You know, was that control? Was it not control? And again, there's, there's a couple of intricacies that it is the reason why, you know, it, at the world championships, it's usually just a, a very select handful of people that, you know, the organizers and the head people at ADCC will select for those people to sit at the table as a judge. And note that I said to sit at the table as a judge, because in ADCC is a little different. The person keeping score and officiating is not the man on the mat. That person's on the mat assist. But the person keeping the score is the man on the table. Yeah. Because you need your undivided attention. Well, there was a, I remember being there for the one last year where the one ref made a couple of big mistakes and he got demoted from the mat off to like the table. So yeah, I remember. Probably, I mean, if somebody makes several mistakes, I mean, again, these guys, they don't play and yeah. likely just, you just became a timekeeper. See, like for the most part, to me, the ADCC rules are the the most clear, I think. But then in my aspect, obviously, I have you as a reference for a lot of the stuff. And then 
I also watch a lot more than like the average person as far as like understanding the rule set. So I, I get it. So now let's get into the second part of it because obviously the, the, what's the word I'm looking for? The, uh, the attention that Gordon Ryan gets and the, the, the buzz around the whole thing. People, a lot of times that like, you'll see the arguments on the comments section stuff where people are saying like, Oh, well, why does it have to be ADCC submission only? Like if you're that good, you should be able to do it in 10 minutes or this, that, and the other. And people don't really understand like you said, the complexity of the ADCC rule set as to why it plays out much better instead of than, for example, EBI. Like I've seen more mistakes in tournaments with EBI rule set than any man. If you added up all the the IBJJF tournaments that I've been to personally, EBI any set any event with EBI rules had more like mistakes in one night than all those. Yeah, I mean again. There's a lot of parts in motion on a match of this magnitude. You're talking about the top two guys in the world. That's that's really what it comes down to. Okay, you got Roberto Cyborg Abreu on one side, who has been winning everything in 2019. And before 2019, the guy's a legendary status. He's yeah. won everything with the gi. He's won everything no gi. I mean. There's, there's the guy. He's, he's, in my opinion, is at that level. And then you have Gordon Ryan, who is the most talked about guy because he creates the most commotion on social media, but he backs it up. Yeah. Um, and he undisputed without the gi. He, in my opinion, he's the best guy in the world. You know. Um, to include his face cyborg two times before. One yeah. time cyborg got disqualified at the No Gi Worlds, and then he faced Cy uh, cyborg one time before in ADCC, and he submitted cyborg with a reverse mm hook. -hmm. Um, so these are the two top guys in the world. So there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of decisions and things that occur for a match of that magnitude to happen. And if you're going to provide um, a particular rule set, you want to make sure that everything is going to be right and everything is going to be done proper. So these guys have the most fair level playing ground yeah. possible. Well, I mean, if that makes sense. No, for sure. And I think that's a common misconception too. When people start talking about rule set, they're like, oh, well, it's EBI rules, ADCC rules or IBJJF rules or whatever set of rules. But when it comes to ADCC rules, like you said, it's it has to be a specific caliber of referee. And you also have to have the same numbers of referees to sit there and do that. So oh, that's not, that's something that people don't don't understand. But why do you think that Gordon prefers that rule set that much more? I mean, obviously, Cyborg has more than enough experience at that rule set. And he's, again, one of those guys that knows how to play by the rules, like, and knows how to stretch the rules to, to his favor in, in so many situations. But why is it something that, that these guys at such a high level are like live or die by that rule set? Let's be honest. It's the most prestigious, if any, no geek grappling. Bottom line. That, that's, that's, the, that's the crude answer to it. 
Mm. The other part of that answer is Cyborg and Gordon Ryan probably know the rules. And, and again, it goes back to the, our prior conversation about athletes that study the rules. Cyborg and Gordon Ryan probably knows the rules for ADCC better than, you know, probably just maybe 20 guys in the world. Yeah. You know, and, and, and by the 20 guys in the world that I'm referring to, this is I'm the talking refs. about all the refs, judges that are official for ADCC. You know, other than those guys, these are two of the guys that know the rules the best. So when you were saying that that uh, if you go to to that rules meeting, you get like a certification. You get a certificate of completion. Ah, uh, okay, that's what I was saying. You I was about, get to, a say, you're not a I was about to say, did I just become ADCC ref? What's up? No, so <laughs> I, I will tell you this. You know, if, if somebody does want to become a, an official ADCC ref, attend the rules uh, class complete it, and then approach one of the head referees and tell them, listen, I would like to be part on one of the ADCC events. And more than likely, you probably get put as a floor ref at one of the trials. Uh, and again, as you gain experience, but I'll give you an example. I've been working with ADCC for nearly 22 years. Yeah. You know? Um, and, and again, I, I love ADCC. ADCC has a very special place in my heart. So, and I'll never stop. And as long as they'll have me back, I'll continue to work with them and I'll do everything to the best of my abilities. So but, what if I want to get certified to be a B2 referee? Uh, then we'll send me an email and we'll talk about it. Listen, I'll be honest with you. I would never, ever want to be an IBJJF ref. <laughs> maybe like for a combat jujitsu ref i would love like mma like it actually would be kind of fun to be like an mma ref uh like mike cardoso or whatever um but adcc have an adcc ref up on the on the resume list would be pretty fun i would i would suffer a little bit to to get to that for sure a few years yeah man i mean it'd be fun listen at the end of the day there's there's less chance of stalling happening over at ADCC now because like the the tweaks and stuff that were made in the rule set we're not trying to get the the Chandra Ribeiro like sprawl out like doesn't count as a takedown you know kind of set up right. so it'd be worth it to me like because I'm not gonna sit there and be bored like I'm gonna get to watch amazing like matches but then to sit there and say one day get to the point where like shit I can be a referee at ADCC World Championships man that'd be dope. And, you know, and just one thing, and a lot of people don't know this, because a lot of other events, you can ref and compete. Um, once you become an, AD, an official ADCC ref, um, you pretty much hung up your your competition shorts, for a, at least for ADCC. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'll, I know my limitations. Would I love to compete at the trials? For sure. Do I think I'm making it into world championships? I, I can't afford enough acai for that to happen. <laughs> let's, acai let's just, and Jesus. Yeah, let's just let's just let's just leave it at that. <sighs> so so the the B two like because you and I always talk about like the tournaments and things like that's going on like but yeah I would definitely sit there and if you um, 
if you had something set up and whatever certifications and stuff, it'd be cool to sit there and, and at least uh, help um, out when we don't. And again, this is something that we are planning to go alongside with the absolute division. But I will definitely, if anybody is interested, um, I will definitely hold a referee's workshop is the best wording that I can think of. And I'll, I would love to do it on maybe Friday afternoon, Friday evening uh, for anybody that is interested. And, you know, we'll take it from that point on forward. But one of the things is, for example, like I mentioned before, we're bringing guys that have worked with us before. Yeah. So this is not just going to be a gig of, oh, it's only going to be when we do it in Florida. Or it's only yeah, no, you're not, you're not fucking around. You're like gonna, if you show me that you are worth it enough, and again, I hold my refs to pretty high standards, um, listen, you'll go on the road with us. Because again, we are taking this event on the road. We just did our first one in Hammond, Indiana. We're doing our second one here on November 14th in Orlando. Uh, we're going to do probably another one in Chicago, Illinois coming up next. We're going to take it to Texas. We're looking at a couple of different venues and cities that we're looking to take the event. So we're going to be doing this nationwide. Are you going to add any combat jujitsu? Not right now. <laughs> Come on. Not, not right now. Eventually, there is a possibility. Uh, but then understand, you know, if, if you want to smack somebody in the face, we do have the mixed martial arts event. So... You know, I like that. And you know, what's funny is uh, when we did the, the King of Combat, I was like, um, I was asking Herbert, like, well, who are we going to get to referee? I remember, like, I brought you up and stuff. And then, like, who's refereeing the combat jujitsu? It's like, oh, Marcella. Like, perfect. Who better than the, than the combat jujitsu champ over here to be refereeing the, like, the combat jujitsu match? So it was good. It was actually, again, where it comes up to standards, like you say, it's like when we talk about it, it's like, there's certain people that are, you know, there's different levels, especially when it comes to, to refereeing, but competitors that know the rule set and can play with the rule set are going to be good referees because they're going to be able to say, no, that's allowed. That's not. And they'll be able to do it on the fly. Right. Oh, absolutely. So they'll have that speed. So that's cool, man. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. So I'll definitely be there. I'll probably get there Friday during the day and then come and bug you while you're trying to work. Man, it'll photos. be my pleasure to have you. It's never a bump. Are you gonna uh are you gonna have uh Laborio come out at all? I I would love to have Master Laborio come out, man. I mean yeah, it'd be great to see him. I'd love to see like some of his students compete too. Yeah, so I, I've reached out and uh you know I gave uh all the guys uh um you know he's uh well now during the whole situation with the COVID, uh but he was teaching a credited class. Yeah at the University of Central Florida for jiu-jitsu. And I attended one of the classes and man, they, you, you put your gi on and warm-ups and the whole shebang, just like a regular class. Yeah. And it was pretty awesome to see growing. Um, you know, I remember when in Florida, there was probably five, seven black belts max. In the entire state. In the whole state of Florida. Yeah. You know, when I started and you know, I started with Pablo Popovich, that, that's probably how many black belts we had in the entire legitimate Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belts in the entire state. Now you can have seven black belts in one class. That's funny. You brought up his name. I was talking about him the other day. 
You still oh, talk to him? Yeah. You still talk to him? Um, yeah, I saw him. I, I saw him not long ago. We actually crossed paths at the airport. And uh, and then I saw him and we chit-chatted for a good while at the um, ADCC West Coast Trials. All right. Well, we're going to have to talk off the air about that because I got a couple of questions for you. Sure. He's got some of the crazy. It's like the stories that I've heard about him are so crazy. And like the last thing I ever really heard about him was the whole situation that happened down at a school in uh, in uh, Deerfield or whatever. So, but yeah, I got a couple of questions for you. Yeah, but I mean, I'd be great to to see some of Laborio's uh, students uh, from the college program in there. It'd be awesome to see. Oh yeah, I I love to see a couple of those guys. You know, do it. So what uh what else you got planned for the for that? You know, I mean, let's. I'm gonna just point out the elephant in the room. You got that Mission 22 hat on. Are they of gonna course, be uh... always? Yeah, man. Listen, I, you know, I'm a huge supporter of Mission 22 and everything that they do for for the veterans. Um, you know, and and it's still, it's fortunately it's still not 22 a day like it used to be. But unfortunately, this whole pandemic thing has brought up a whole different. Mm-hmm. Uh, bag of issues and people being more isolated, reporting less mental health issues. So you know, anytime anybody has an issue, you know, don't 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 lock yourself up, man. Reach out. We're here to help. So yeah, that's for sure. Mission Twenty Two does does a lot to to help out the veterans. So we're we've always been big supporters and promoters of them. So it'd be cool if you can sit there and do something for them there too. So if there's anything I can help on there, just let me know. It'd be Absolutely. cool to get them out there. I think there's probably, you know what, there's probably a couple other organizations that uh, that would probably be pretty, pretty good that you might have known or might have heard of that I did some work with in the past that they're pretty cool. Um, so that's something that I know I've spoken to Sean about before in the past, like something that we want to try and push, at least for the podcast, to do more of. Uh, Mission 22 wasn't really happy with our language, but they, they like our podcast. <laughs> That's that's basically yeah, what I leave it to. They're pretty formal. Yeah, there. So I I respect that. I hundred percent respect that. I, you know, I'm not for everybody. Yeah, and for sure, Sean isn't. But we still support him hundred percent. But there's definitely a lot, some cool stuff that I want to run past you to see what we can do to to help out. For sure. So you're 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 gonna totally leave me hanging, huh? You're not gonna compete. Come on. Me compete when? Super fight. Come on, let's get you a super fight. Listen, uh, I, I'll do it. I'm, I'm going to whatever, whenever. I'll get you a super fight against Alex Davis. Alex Davis. Listen, Alex Davis doesn't want any of this smoke, man. Bro, I saw him the other day. So I went to uh, to uh, Cara de Zapato's uh, gym opening. Uh, uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Cara that's Zapato. a really nice gym, man. Del Rey, right? Um, yeah, it's uh, West Del Rey. You definitely okay. dig it. It's a cool spot. But Alex was there. And uh, Alex actually is going to be teaching judo in there. So okay. I saw him and like him and uh, Junior Dos Santos were kind of like beefing back and forth a little bit. Really? And listen, Alex, give Alex, Alex all the legit. credit. He's listen, legit. legit. He's legit, man. He was, uh, I saw him rolling uh, against like a couple of people and I saw him sprawl out like, holy shit. Like, listen, like I said, it. I'm not going to lie to you. I said, it. I was like, wherever you get your acai from, please let me know so I can get it. So when I get your age, I can sprawl like that. Listen, but here's the thing that a lot of people don't know about Alex Davis. Alex Davis is a high-level judoka. He is no joke. Because, listen, he was grabbing grips on on Dos Santos, and he was having a hard time getting them off, man. 
man, it, Alex Davis is a high-level judoka, you know. In um, man, I I would hate to quote and say that he was a Brazilian national judo champ. I'm not sure, but I but if he wasn't, he was close to so to do yeah. so. Um, but yeah, man, Alex has done judo. So it sounds like you're in for a long time. Sounds like you're in. I, I'm in. I'm game. Listen, but trust me, Alex doesn't want any of the smoke because. All I will say is this. I know a couple of years back he had a little bit of a leg injury. You can ask him about that. Man, you oh, oh. Are we getting are we getting inside gym shit talking? Is that what oh, we're getting? Okay. So on, wait. Let me, stretch, let me stretch a little. So I it sounds to me like you are aware of whom may have done the injury. Uh, on the air, I will not confirm or deny. Man. Just That's, ask. That part has been uh, redacted from this document. <laughs> Jesus. No, man, there's a, I mean, it'd be cool to have you on there. Like we definitely got to get you like some kind of like uh, match and stuff. That'd be kind of, yeah, man. you know, and actually I wanted to compete uh, at the upcoming Pan Ams, but you know, to be honest, I have not been training as I should be, you know, for an event like the Pan Ams, um, even though I'm a master of Peru. And, uh, you know, but, uh, you know, again, I, 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 I like competing. I, I'm one of those people. I do jujitsu because I like it. And, and for me, it is kind of therapeutic and it keeps my body moving at my age. Um, but I also do like competition. So what so, do you think? Uh, what do you think about uh, when they made the switch over to Florida? Um, for the Pan Ams? Yeah. Oh man, I was, I was hyped. I was excited. I, I even told some friends that I was like, dude, let's go. We got to, I have some mats here at home. And, uh, but it's just like, you know, a little injury here, a little injury there. And, you know, I try to baby it and I, I can go as savage as I used to. In a little just, PRP. <laughs> yeah. A little PRP. Let me get to go. Uh, yeah. Right. But uh, yeah, I just haven't, I honestly have not, trained the way that I should, especially, you know, to be able to dedicate, yeah. I, I would be upset with myself if I would go into the Pan Ams unprepared. Yeah. Well, I mean, I hear you. I was, I was going to compete and I had every opportunity to, and then it was one of those things that the second that they're like, it's coming to Florida. It's like, perfect. Cool. I get one week of hard training in and all of a sudden, like everything, everything just came shitting down like a storm. It's like, all right. It happens, man. It happens. Yeah, listen, it is what it is. You know what's funny, actually? I meant to tell you. So we're both avid lovers of weaponry. And I, um, funny enough, remember I, I contact you, like if you knew any good like sling bags or something like that to carry That's and stuff. Right. Yes. So I got one. Found okay. one pretty good, cheap, twenty bucks. Check it out. Yeah. So not, and I'm not trying to sell. I'm just trying to set up the story, right? Okay, I have a similar bag to that. Yeah. Right. Super simple. I mean, I wish there was one that would fit like my gi, that had everything like just fit the gi and fit like the, my carry, and we're good to go. Now get this. So, I've been wearing it now, for my own mental safety as a responsible owner. I've just been carrying, at least not anymore. I was carrying with like just blanks, just okay. blanks, just to get used to like to carrying it this way and like whatever. Obviously, not anymore. Anyway, fast forward to today, I go to Publix, grab something real quick, and I notice this gentleman, older gentleman, 
wearing t-shirt face mask like literally just a piece of t-shirt tied around goggles and a face shield i'm like damn this guy is definitely he bit the bullet on the the paranoia train all right cool you get it like be safe whatever you got to do i 100 percent has to do for him right right i'm 100 percent for it man whichever side you're on so when i park i park out in the boonies right get my stuff Walk all the way out there. There's nobody next to me. I get in the car, and all of a sudden, the car pulls up next to me. I'm like, oh, geez. Mind my own business, but I can't stand when people have to park next to you. All of a sudden, I hear a honk, and I turn, and it's the guy. It's the old guy. I'm like, what the hell's going on? Like, the, the last person I would randomly think would come up to my car, and uh, he's like, he wants to talk to me. So I rolled the window down. I'm like, what's up? He's like, hey, I noticed uh, you're carrying uh, that uh, backpack on there. I was like, ah, oh, shit. Like, yeah. He's like, oh, what do you carry in there? Like, you don't ask that question to somebody. You right. don't ask. It's not. It's none of your business what I'm carrying in my bag. I was like, just my wallet and my cell phone. And it's like, I could tell he was trying to pry it out of me. Yeah. Kind of thing. He's like, oh, well, do you, is that more comfortable for you? For because I have to carry all this stuff. I'm like, it's more comfortable than the two like whatever sling like bag whatever like a regular backpack yeah and it's easier i just slide it over and i grab my wallet and i'm good to go and he keeps like prying and prying he's like well what can you fit in there I'm like bro don't worry about what i can fit in my fucking bag man so and it keeps going and i'm like and i'm trying to be polite the guy is like 80 something years old okay listen i'm telling you it gets better just stick with me so <laughs> I was like, listen, whatever I need to carry, like personal effects in that bag is fine. I can carry it and I don't feel it. And it's easy access. That's all I say. And he's like, do you know where I could get a rifle? <laughs> I'm like, what? Go to Bass Pro Shop, buddy. Yeah. Oh, no. Well, so it, it was really like, right. So the, the leeway, he's like, oh, could I get that at Walmart? I was like, no, man, I got it at Amazon, 20 bucks. Like the only place you're going to find something like this is like maybe at a, like at a gun store, 511 Tactical or like Bass Pro Shop. We're going to get a rifle. I'm like, there's a gun show this weekend, man. Go to the gun show. Like, what do you want me to tell you? Like, yo, here you go. I got one out back. Let me grab yeah, one for let you. Me, let me pull the one I have in the truck. Right. So I'm like, I'm just selling him the bag. I'm like, listen, I love this bag. Got everything I need in here, whatever you want. Like, it's all in there. You can put your mask. You can put whatever the hell you want on there. So then he keeps on prying. It's like, where can I get a rifle? Where can I get a rifle? I'm like, uh, dude, you're going to have to go to the gun show or go to Bass Pro Shop. I'm like, I don't I don't know anything about selling guns, unfortunately. Like, I could make a sale right now. <laughs> so he's like, all right, cool, thanks, whatever. He's like, what do you do for a living? I'm like, shit, man, just let me go, dude. Like, this is like, honestly, been like 20-minute conversation. And he's like, uh, what do you do? I'm like, I do marketing. He's like, oh, what do you do marketing for? I'm like, fuck just set myself up for the continuing conversation I'm like i do marketing for for mma fighters and music artists he's like oh mma what's that i'm like god damn it why does he keep on finding another question so i'm like you know like those guys in the cage he's like yeah i'm like yeah those are friends of mine i i train with them and like i help them out with like marketing so he's like oh well you just marketed that bag for me i'm like oh, i don't get paid for that, <laughs> that this is where great. it gets good Cause that wasn't enough. He goes, so you, you do that stuff. I'm like, yeah, I do some jujitsu and some Muay Thai and stuff. Like, uh, you know, I'm not really MMA. He's like, Oh, 
Well, I started learning Kung Fu. Awesome. I was like, that's what I said. I was like, oh, that's great. You know, good for you. Anything to stay active, stay healthy. You know, it's good for you. He's like, yeah, I've been learning it off of YouTube. I'm actually getting pretty good. I was like, ah, oh, shit. Like, are you for real? <laughs> this that's is where the phenomenal. That's awesome. I was like, this, this is where the fucking conversation is going to. I was like, well, I'm like, listen, as long as you're staying active, it's good. I'm like, it, man. Are you like doing it for because he obviously he brought up the gun and stuff? I'm like, are you doing it for self-defense or exercise? He's like, oh, you know, a little bit of both, a little self-defense. I was like, listen, you don't want to do kung fu for self-defense. I'm gonna let you know right now. <laughs> I was like, at your age, you can still do jujitsu. Do jujitsu. He's like, what do you think is the best martial art for self-defense? I'm like, a gun. <laughs> I was like, a gun. And if you don't have a gun, Go learn jujitsu. He's like, oh, okay, even in my age. I was like, yep. He's like, well, I have a bat in the back. I'm like, why are we doing this? Why are we having this conversation? I was like, I said, you know what? Do you go old school, take the bat, and we're good to go. That's it, bro. Pop him right in the knees. <laughs> good. I was like, one finger food. They're like, I was sitting there the whole time. I'm like, I cannot wait to tell Carlos this story. That's awesome. it just started over this stupid freaking bag that I've been bugging people listen, about. Man, listen, this is this is the thing, you know. I, I understand that the law is concealed carry. There's nothing about your little sling bag that is very concealed, other than that it's a wrapping around. What your, do you mean? Yeah, <laughs> what are you, you, are you saying that it's a obvious? Five eleven tactical little bag, you know, no, no. satchel. You know, easy access right here. You know, I mean, that's subtle, right? That's not. Blatant. I told you, hey, listen, I told you, don't hate on the fanny pack. Listen, if I see someone carrying a fanny pack, I either think he, he does not have his shit together or he's carrying a gun. That's, I mean, fanny you... pack, man. Listen, I'm, I'm an 80s kid. It's a fanny pack. Listen, buddy, you don't have like the bright neon. Fanny pack. If I my, get you my a big ass cell phone fits in there, my wallet, I, I'm an old guy. My wallet is like four inches thick with receipts in it. I got no money. It's all receipts and, uh, and business and old business cards from 19. You keep doing this. I think you're going to like, say like, I got my Tums. <laughs> I do have Tums. <laughs> so, all right. So you're telling me that that bag just makes it obvious. A little bit. How about like, Ever since I got that bag and I started carrying that bag, the more like crazy shit starts happening like to, around me left and right. My my point exactly. Nah, that's all right. I mean, listen, maybe I have something in there. Maybe I don't. Maybe that's just where I keep my gummy bears when I'm traveling. That's it. Listen, don't don't hate this. I'm a I'm a connoisseur of gummy bears. Listen, I got you a trick. You don't get this body by not eating gummy bears. I got a trick for you for gummy bears that will blow your mind. What's your wait? What's your favorite type of gummy bear? They actually call Albanese gummy bear. That is a I know what you're unpaid commercial advertisement. Albanese gummy bears, the best gummy bears in the world, and they're actually made in the USA in Gary, Indiana. Actually, not. They're in Maryville, Indiana. Listen, I'm gonna have to go foreign on this one. It's the Hasbro. Trash. Hasbro gummies. Listen, the Coca-Cola gummies. The Coca-Cola gummies are amazing but Operated. listen next time you get a bag of your gummy bears like when you have the last like five or six 
Just leave them on the dash of your car for like an hour. Let them get melted in the sun. Albanese, you don't have to do that. They're already soft and gushy. No, it's got nothing to do with that. It completely changes the flavor into it's something. Right. It will blow your mind. Just leave like four or five so you're not wasting a bag, all right? Yeah. Just just leave like four or five. Call me in the morning. Gummy bear story. I got a great gummy bear story. Uh, I know a very well-known jiu-jitsu competitor, world-class Top five in his weight class in the world. And who's also a gummy bear fan. And after a tournament, he was like, man, I need some sugar. I'm tired. Oh, man, gummy bears. Let me have some gummy bears. And he pops a handful of gummy bears. Little did he know, this was not your standard gummy mm. bear. 20 minutes later, he's feeling all kinds of loopy and a little crazy. He's like, dude, I don't feel good. What's going on? Now, they were not my gummy bears. They were somebody else. Right, right. But, yeah, man, little did he know, you know, this guy's, you know, he, he doesn't drink and, you know, he doesn't go out. He just All he does is jujitsu and teach and, you know. But, uh, yeah, ended up being tore up by some, some devil's gummy bears. <laughs> oh, man, you got to at least say who it is now. No. No, that's, that's his story, and that's his right to to tell people if he wants to tell it or not. But facts. If you ever want to really, this is be, why I don't eat other people's gummy bear. I will buy my never. own bag of Albanese gummy bears. I don't. I don't share gummy bears. Sorry. If you want a good and laugh, don't put your dirty paws on my gummy bears. I will give you no. some if you want. No, don't share. I'll buy you a bag if you want to. If you want a good laugh, look up the reviews for sugar-free gummy bears on Amazon. <laughs> they have been documented and well known to give you explosive diarrhea awesome so there's just like pages and pages of the most hilarious I, reviews on it i think it's a waste of time if you're gonna get gummy bears i might as well get them regular sugar why would you get sugar-free no like sugar. if you're a wise that's man just, once said that's that's just anti-american and communist right no a wise man once said if you're gonna walk on ice you might as well dance that's right. <laughs> Just go for it. <laughs> Screw that. That's so, right. have you uh, have you had a chance to go out and shoot? Yeah, man. You know, I I have a couple of really good ranges around here, and I have one that I really like, and they have an indoor hundred meter yard. Mm -hmm. uh, listen to me. They have an indoor hundred yard. yard. <laughs> so you uh, uh, so you were in a marine, huh? All right. All right. <laughs> But they have an indoor 100 yards, which I like. You know, it's real chill. And usually not a lot of people use the the, the long range. Well, long, 100 yards, long, yeah. whatever. Uh, but there's also another one uh, near Kissimmee that they have. it's outdoors and they have a 300-yard range. Yeah, I know exactly uh, the one that you're talking about. So, you know, I, I, I like it. You know, um, I, I've been out there a couple of times. It's, it's fun, man. And listen, I, I like putting rounds down range a couple of times and, you know, and I, I got a buddy of mine, he's closer to, to the Georgia, Florida border and we go planking up there and, you know, get That's some awesome. hogs. I got to get a, the like the whole ammo shortage right now has been absolutely like insane. Like I, whenever you can find that, you know, they jack up those prices real quick. So you they had um bucks per round. There was a box of like nine millimeter, for a box of 50 
for fifty five dollars. I'm like, yeah, I'm not paying a dollar around for nine mil. For nine millimeter, yeah. like that's crazy. Like you it was almost buy wholesale, like you know the five hundred bucket round uh, rounds online. Everything, everybody's out, huh? Everybody, everybody's out. And like, dude, uh, listen, even the the Tula ammo, like that's gone. When that's even gone, like you know it's bad if people are buying that ammo. Well, you know, people buying competition ammo just to have ammo at yeah. home. So it, we had a, one of the local stores that I usually go to here, and they're usually pretty well stocked. They were limiting the nine mils that were limiting for three boxes per person. Per yeah. Meal. So yeah. if you wanted to buy, you know, nine boxes, you had to come back you know, for three day increment. Yeah. No, like here, it's nothing like shelves are empty. I think the only thing you'll be able to pick up is like shotgun ammo. But yeah. I mean, I've been wanting to go shooting like, man, for the last like six months, it's been like killing me. Like, cause I was practicing. I was, uh, I had actually like, uh, an instructor and stuff was teaching me the guys okay. and say, man, the guy was like full on Mel Gibson, lethal weapon one, like shoot. Like it was crazy. It was so crazy. He's like, no, I'll just do this, 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 and this. Like all of a sudden I was like actually shooting targets like on point. Nice. It's like, he was like, yeah, no, it's, it's not that hard. So he puts like four dots just like in a clock pattern on the target. Okay. Sends it off, bam, 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 like nothing, like nothing. He's just doing this, just bullseye on the little like one inch dots. Every time, I'm like, all right, I get the point, bud. Like you're good. Like yeah. now, get me to that point. So like ever since then, I'm like, I gotta, I gotta practice. But good luck with that. You're not getting ammo. But I was gonna and, say, next time we go up the there, thing, go shoot. You know, like you know, jujitsu. You can drill by yourself. You can drill with a buddy. But unfortunately, you know, if you're gonna go out there and to, to get good at it and, and get proficient, you got to burn ammo, man. Yeah, you got to burn ammo, and you got to definitely have someone that knows what the hell they're doing. Yeah, and yeah, you, you got you to gotta learn how to be proficient, you know, with, with whatever weapon. Every weapon is different. So. We got to go to the um, to the laser tag place up in Orlando that uh, they give you the – have you seen it, the one that they give you, like, realistic guns? Yeah, yeah. Uh, we got we gotta go up there. I haven't, I haven't been. So. Oh come on, let's let's yeah. do a little end of the year party. We'll get a like a nice solid group of uh, non-COVID havers and we'll go shooting each other <laughs> or airsoft. You know the, the range, the range that I like to go to is called Shooting World. Yeah, and they'll rent you full full sub machine guns, Uzis, you know, uh, the saws, the whole thing. Oh, they, let's they, do they, it. They'll rent you a fifty cal, you know. So do they have that giant elephant gun? Yeah, the 50 cows. Yeah. No, 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 no. We're talking about the ones like you see, like the YouTube videos where like the round is this big, not the 50 cal, not the, not the, um, uh, not like the Bushmaster or whatever. Like okay. we're talking about like literally the round is like this. Oh, no, 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 no. I, I, I haven't seen it. I wouldn't be surprised. This place is, is pretty big. It's a little bougie, you know, but. Uh, right. Um, I, I don't again, you know, if, if, for for a place that is nice, neat, clean, yeah, uh, and safe, and you know, I, I don't mind paying a little extra. No, so. I agree. Like there, there's some bad videos. You never seen the videos of the guys like shooting uh, like the rifle, and like all of a sudden it comes like flying back, and they like smash into the wall and stuff. You never <laughs> seen that, dude? I gotta send you the clip. This is you're gonna like spend the night crying, laughing. Then oh, it's great. <laughs> I show it to my dad every once in a while, and he just like falls on the floor laughing. I see, I see some people do some stupid stuff in the yeah. range, and you know the range officer just coming running and yelling at them. 
Yeah, there's a guy um, not putting their boss tuck in their shoulder, putting it over their shoulder and having the scope right in the eyeball. Oh, I love that's that. how you become a pirate. <laughs> that's that's one of my favorites. No, I just I seen them all. The best is when the guys are trying to be like John Wayne and just hold it one arm. They have no clue. You know, funny thing is in the Marines one time, you know, we were shooting and we were using um, 45s at the time. And we, <laughs> we literally had a guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know how to shoot this. And grabs his piece sideways. You know, like, man, this is not boys in the hood. <laughs> oh, man, he, he caught hell for that. So yeah, got his- I, I've seen I've seen some people do some pretty interesting stuff. But it, it's funny because I, I've never walked into like a shooting range, even though like I'm I'm comfortable. Like I've never walked in there like I know what the hell is going on. Like I just super safe, like just I'm here to learn, like here to practice. So when I see some of these people like taking their dates, they go, oh, yeah, baby, I'll take you out shooting. I'm like, listen, this man is going to get you shot. You need yeah. to st- whatever you're doing, like you look at what your hand at. You're about to shoot your own finger off. Don't listen to this guy. He has no clue. Listen, my, my daughter is 11 and, and she she's a killer you, shot. We, we can give you, she will give you the rundown of your, you know, your 12 cardinal rules of shooting and proper breathing and proper eyesight. And yeah, she, she, and she enjoys it. So that's yeah. cool. I don't push it on her. She's like, you know, whenever she's like, Hey dad, can we go to the range? Absolutely can. Practice social distancing at its finest. Yeah, right. No, that's awesome though. She and she's a good shot too. I remember you posted like photos of the targets. Like she's like you, you're not gonna want to mess with this girl. It's bad yeah, enough she knows I, jujitsu. I didn't, I didn't post that stuff. I just you know, but uh, but yeah, she's she's a pretty good crack shot. And actually, the one that I sent you was a uh, hundred meters standing. Not bad. Yeah. Not bad. Yeah, what kind of scope did. do you have? Um, I have a. Uh, Jesus, I forget which one I have on the one that I took her with. Um, I have one of my pieces has a Romeo 5. Mm-hmm. And the other one I have a Time 7. Uh, but I forget which scope. I just bought a new one. It's a fairly inexpensive scope, but it's Time 7 magnitude. And, you know, it just it does the job for We'll have to we'll have to talk scopes later because I got to get one at some point for my, for my AR. So listen, so... The B2 tournament, you said you're going to have kids, right? Yes. We you're going to have, have the kids bracket. Adults, male, females, in between. Are they, um, they going to have the same rule set as well for the kids? Well, we have the rules for the kids. Obviously, some of the things are modified. You know, kids are not yeah. to jump guard. You know, they cannot jump, gu- you know, pull guard with a guillotine. They have to sit to guard and, mm. you know, things like that. And, again, you know, also the referee staff. One of the things that I always tell them, and I make this very clear even before the event begins, I rather err in the side of caution, especially with the kids. You know, kids tend to be more flexible Mm. and actually tougher than adults, and they'll take that pain and get the arm arm hyperextended. Um, So I rather for the kids to, you know, be cautious, come back another day, don't get injured because then now you're going to have swelling and you're not going to be out of practice. And so, you know, the, the, the refereeing staff is very well aware of, of all those things. And there are some adjustments for the kids. So for the adults, are you going to allow uh, spider guard, like jump into or like scissor sweep jump there? No scissor sweeps. Yeah. Uh, but 
jump guard absolutely i mean you know i know those no gi guys the 10th planet guys are going to be all about that that scissor sweep takedown yeah, no but if you're going to do scissor sweeps you better sign up on the expert division right but i'm saying are you going to allow for expert like is it why not man, i haven't seen one of those done in a tournament in a while you saw one gary tonan yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that was like ADCC, and that, and that was it. It's like yeah, when they, when he did that, I, everyone I just went. tried in a couple other events after that, you know. But uh, you know, it's a it's a tricky takedown because if you do it wrong, oh, you're you ending can careers. really injure the person. Yeah, and you know, and and if you're little, if if you make the the the, the mistake of being too cautious, then it, it can become very ineffective. Yeah, and now you're on bottom. Yeah, the, the one thing about it, because I used to do it a lot for Capoeira. That's like a standard thing for Capoeira. Right. And we come in from far. It's not like we're standing side, like you have like an over-under and you jump in. Like, no, you are coming in like full speed ahead. Oh, yeah, from, you use the body weight to pop, pop yeah. that knee there. Yeah. So, like, it's it's kind of funny to me that it's one of those things that it's so many mistakes happen with jujitsu. because, man, I can't think of how, like – yeah, I can't think of anybody really coming in like and messing it up in in Capoeira. Yeah. Just because I think uh, you know what it is is the it's a different approach to the martial art, and it's not really so much of like you're playing down to to stay on the floor like Capoeira. Right. It's like it's a a I big takedown. Yeah, you like you go for the takedown like if you were like fighting for real, like you'll slap the crap out of somebody, but you get the takedown and you move away, like not jujitsu. So like you're gonna try and be low anyway. But oh man, that's good. I'm loving that. Yeah. So on the expert division, absolutely. Yeah. Do, do your Kani Basan scissor takedown and then catch the reverse side heel hook and rip away. Are you having like a, a limit to how many people can enter? Um, I, I don't yes. But I don't think we'll reach the limit just on the fact don't that be I so know negative. there's still a lot of people hesitant. No, listen, I, I'm realistic, you know. I'm sensible and realistic about things. And I know a lot of people are still hesitant because of the COVID. I have had a lot of people ask me, oh, the competitors have to wear a mask. No, you know. Um, uh, the referees will be wearing masks, yes. Um, but no, the competitors, while you're competing, no. And once you remove yourself out of the mat, then you know obviously we make the suggestion that you do so but, for for the people that aren't uh, like that familiar with the layout of florida like how far is it from the parks it is from the parks i would say it's about 30 minutes at the yeah, most that's not far that's not it's, far it's it's actually at the florida mall yeah the florida mall has a hotel that is attached to it and the hotel has a beautiful huge convention center 10,000 square foot facility, you know, multiple bathrooms. It's, it's really, really comfortable. That's the, that giant freaking mall, right? Right off the, the interstate or whatever it is. Am I thinking of the, the same one? No, I think you're thinking about the millennium mall. Yeah, that's what it is. I'm thinking the, about millennium, the millennium mall, mall is a little bit bougie. Yeah. Um, so a little Florida Ferrari stuff. Actually a little bit on the other spectrum of the world. Um, no, but it's. No, it's a nice it's place. Actually a regular. It, yeah. It's a regular mall, something comparable to, I, I would say, like, actually, hey. I would say a little nicer than the Broward Mall, something like the Wellington Mall. Yeah, no, it's it's not it's not bad. I think the the real comparison is that the Millennium Mall is a tourist mall. Right. The, right. 
the Florida Mall. I is mean, like in Millennium Mall, you have Cartier, Louis Vuitton. Yeah. This is just a regular mall with the regular stores that you find anywhere. Yeah. But it has a really actually the hotel was rated top ten. Yeah. In in Orlando, and think about how many hotels are in Orlando because of the tourism. But it was rated top, actually top seven. Yeah. In Orlando. And they have a, a full-service convention center uh, attached to it. Uh, we have special rates for people that want to stay over the night. Um, you know, it's I, I want to say it's about $90 per room. And the hotel was complete. During the COVID, they took advantage, and they refurbished and remodeled all their rooms, so new floorings, new everything. So listen, let me give you guys a little advice for people that don't understand what's going on. Book a hotel. Stay there Thursday or I mean Friday, Saturday. Get your weigh-ins done on Friday so you don't have to worry about it. You can stay there Saturday night, go to the park Sunday, go home. Listen, you got a whole weekend and you get to compete. That's right. Win or lose, you still get to have fun. That's I, that's a whole setup. That's a perfect setup. That's the, like, that's the idea. Again, remember when I said I want everybody to have a good time. Listen, I just need to make sure that that discount goes with the presidential suite. All right. I'm going to get the presidential suite. That's right. Uh, I am going to be the camera with a guy heart shape, with a heart shape hub tub on a spinning bed. Listen, we got to celebrate somehow. Listen, all right. I'll right. invite you over to jacuzzis. I got the beer. We're good to go. <laughs> well, who's, who's bothering you? Um, man, I'm excited. I, I was excited. It's funny. Like when you, when you posted it up, it was like this fucking guy wasn't gonna tell me like like text and see what's going on oh, hey hey buddy <laughs> um so what are you what are you gonna have how many mat spaces and stuff eight oh you're going all out yeah we have i mean this is the thing we are broadcasting the whole event we have eight mats we have a full production service again these guys come from a production background they they've been putting they've put over total combined over 200 MMA shows throughout the Midwest. So who's streaming it? They're streaming it. B two, and it'll be streamed on the on all our social medias, and they have their own YouTube channel, so you can check some of the past matches on the YouTube. We had Chris Lytle in one of the super fights, right, uh, at our first event, you know, which is pretty cool. You're looking at, you know, one of the big names in the early UFCs, um, you know, and, and and a legend in the Midwest when it comes to mixed martial arts and. Man, he jumped in there with, you know, a local brown belt and, you know, they, they, just to have so, some fun. So that intermission that you were talking about, I think you should have Jiu-Jitsu Radio do an intermission podcast. We can. We'll just sit there in the middle. We'll just have a podcast, interview a couple of the people. That'd be kind of fun, actually. We can. That would be, yeah. Let's, listen, I'm not trying to commandeer your show or anything. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying it actually would be kind of fun to have an intermission like show. And I, and I agree 100% with you. Just don't feed Sean. Please don't feed Sean. Listen, I got to feed the man. No, just give him water. That guy is just. You see, him, you see him all the time. He has no intention of cutting anyway. You know, I got to feed. Listen, that's guy. not true. I give the man credit. He did lose a bunch of weight. He just was giving me all this bullshit about like, oh, yeah, I'm doing the what's it called? Like the fasting. fasting? Yeah. yeah, do some intermittent fasting. Then he walks in here with like a ice culotta from Dunkin' Donuts or like a big gulp of soda. So it goes just I'll dark him, Coke. I'll get him a pumpkin spice latte. Oh, 
You guys are gross. I can't even look at that thing. I can't even smell that stuff without getting gross. I'm going to have a pumpkin spice latte on tacos. Oh, man. He just needs a beer. That's what he needs. He needs to man up and drink beer. <laughs> uh, I don't think we want to see him drunk on beer. Uh, oh, I, you definitely want to. <laughs> definitely. Listen, I don't. This, this is his old stomping grounds. It was, isn't it a uh, UCF alumni? I think so. Yeah. You never, I never, you never. Heard the story that Sean only drinks once a year? No. You've never heard this? No, I have not. Good. Because I'll tell you the real story. He'll give you the <laughs> bullshit story. Sean only drinks once a year, and that's Oktoberfest. That's like his thing. He like, Sean is a, like, I love the guy. He's a very quirky guy. He likes to have these little things that, that makes him Sean, which is awesome. So when I found out, that his thing is I only drink once a year and it's Oktoberfest. I'm like, I'm getting this man. Huck that. This man is going to die tonight. Like, you are not made to party with me, my friend. So we first year we did Oktoberfest, I went all out. I made pretzel necklaces and stuff. And, like, I brought him in. And he's like, what the hell is this bullshit? What are you, we, 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 we got to wear this? I'm like, listen, bud, you're going to want that. Trust me. Okay, whatever, whatever. <laughs> So we get there. I have my own Stein. Like, I have my own Stein. I let him borrow mine. So add to that, one of his friends worked at the booth at the, the American German Club here. So he was hooking it up with drinks. So it was like, we weren't even paying. And he was just sitting there filling up Steins. So Sean's drinking heavy. So think about it. Like, someone his size who's never, drank, like, really drank, so has no tolerance, and he's doing it on an empty stomach. So oh. we're we're about an hour in, and he's like, "You you still got that pretzel necklace?" <laughs> <laughs> like, now you want to jump in on this train? I'm like, "Here you go, I saved it for you." So I give him the necklace. So this grown ass man is walking around, <laughs> munching on the pretzel necklace, drinking some more. So we keep going, man. We got there. I want to say we got there at like five, six o'clock. We were drinking the whole time. We we're having a blast. Like we weren't like hammering down, but. We were drinking a lot. I was making sure he was somewhat keeping up with me. So we go back. Uh, I drop him off at his house. Mind you, I was all sobered up. We didn't like we like it wasn't getting wasted. And I leave him and he's like, you could tell he's got that drunk like <laughs> drunk face at his house. Yeah. And like his wife at the time wasn't home. So he's just sitting there in his chair. Happy as shit. And I'm like, you're all right, bud. He's like, yeah, 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 no, I'm good. I'm good. So I go, I grab him like a bottle of water. I was like, all right, man. Well, I'll call you up. I'll check uh, I'll check up on you in the morning and see how you're doing. And then, like, I left. And on the way home, I'm like, hmm, something tells me he shouldn't have left him by himself like that. Like, I don't think he's going to be able to, to hang. Next morning, I call him up. Like, how you doing, buddy? He's like, I have the worst hangover. He's like, as soon as you left. <laughs> like as soon as you left, I ran outside and I threw up all in the backyard. Oh <laughs> so man! Out. So he'll only drink once a year, and he needs to toughen up and drink. I think we got him down to like St. Patty's Day and Oktoberfest. Okay. But no, that man needs a drink. He needs a beer. <laughs> he needs a beer. That's for sure. It, maybe maybe he just needs to you know get get it going with like Miller High Life or you know Miller Light something. Like Listen, don't hate on Miller High Life, first of all. I love that beer. It's an amazing <laughs> beer. And you know what's the best part? Here's the craziest part, right? So, Sean. Sean made of beers, right? No, no. Listen, 
listen, this was the weirdest thing. I've never, ever seen this. And I could not explain it to you for the life of me. But for whatever reason, someone must have hit him up with the Spanish fly like that night. Because every single girl, every single woman that we were passing by was just checking him out or like wolf whistling him like or making comments to him. I'm not joking. I am not exaggerating. When we were done, we were walking. I'm basically like hurting his fat cattle, like drunk ass back to the car. And this girl's like sticks her head out of the car. Mm, give me some of that big boy. And he's like, it's like, was that to me? I'm like, yeah, man, that's to you. And like girls were walking by just staring down. I was like, are you seeing this? Like, I, I don't know what the hell's going on. So listen, it's a, he's a bear. Drunk Sean gets all the ladies. He he won't talk to them, but drunk Sean gets all the ladies. And I'm I'm not even joking. Like I there's I I was there. If you would have told me that story, I'd be like, okay, how much did he pay you to tell me? That's so all. I'm bringing him with me to Orlando, and after the the tournament, we're drinking. Just letting the, you know. The only know. the only way I want him around here if he wears the the little American flag speeder and does the dances. Oh no, you want Sean in the tutu. You, you you know what I'm talking about? Have you seen yeah. that guy that does the dances with the American speedo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm sure okay. he'd do it too. He looks just like him too. Yeah. No, but what you want is Sean in a tutu with a with the the shake weight. Google that one. <laughs> Google that one. And um, the, yes, there is a video of that. So That's yeah, awesome. Google that. Um, listen, man, I know it's getting late. You gotta get head out. Um, B2, if someone wants to check out more information, wants to sign up and everything, where would they go? B2GrapplingSeries.com, B2Grappling.com. And, you know, you could check our Instagram, which, again, is B2GrapplingSeries, and our Facebook, B2GrapplingSeries. We keep it simple. So definitely make sure you guys are following the Instagram uh, just because, like we said, the, they are updating all the information, right? So it's going to be there's going to be constant updates leading up to the tournament. So you do not want to miss out on any information. I don't want to hear any excuses. Oh, I didn't know the rules. Uh, and listen, I know it's Florida, but guys, don't wait to the last yeah. minute to sign up. Don't wait. I don't understand why. You know, and that's a Florida thing. I've, I've noticed. I, I've, worked, I've worked nationwide. I worked internationally in grappling events. And that's just like a Florida thing. Everybody wasted the last week. Listen, almost Trust 20 years in the music industry and Florida is hands down the worst. There's not a single person that will tell you otherwise. Florida is hands down the worst for an event. Like they do the best at walk up. But when it comes to, to events, I think it's a. Uh, I think it's safe to say that everybody in Florida has like commitment issues is what it is. Apparently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, listen, don't, don't skip out on it. If you're worried about like anything or you have any questions, just head them up, have some questions uh, about like, you know, what are, what are you guys doing? Like, what are the policies, whatever, just hit them up, ask questions. Obviously we get Carlos here. Like you, you hear all the crazy questions. I ask them, they're going to sit there and help you out. It's called customer service. They got it. You're good man. to go. Um, we're going to have to talk about your, your scorecard, though. We're going to have to talk about your scoring system. That's My a whole different. My scoring system's easy, man. I'm, uh, it's a whole different conversation. I'm not doing oh. that one on the air. We're having that one off the air. So, listen, guys, make sure you follow um, B2 Grappling. Go on Instagram. We're going to have all the links and everything at the bottom of the video on YouTube and under the, the podcast description. Um, 
And uh, if you want to stock Carlos, you can stock Carlos, but he keeps himself pretty private. So I'll let I'll have, let him drop the the IG if you want to go ahead and stock that sexy beast. Listen, you you, you can stock me. That's okay. It's going to be Los Diaz twenty five thirty one. And send him like weird questions. Ask him like the weirdest questions. Just send him random DMs. Feel free. I just it's very simple. Delete. Just delete. delete. Oh, I thought you guys said just forward to Sean. Forward to Sean. Forward straight to, to that. All right, brother. Thank you very much for doing this, man. Love you. Thank My you. Thank I you always love having me. you on here. And uh, we'll uh, catch up some more before the tournament and get uh, get some more shit talking going. Awesome. All right. Take care, brother. You too.